When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have an amazing guest on our show. And we I think we covered like 35 different topics <laughs> in great detail. We talked about chemistry, connection, how to make it, how to fake it. Can you fake it? We also talked about deck of cards when meeting people. You'll hear about it on the show. It's actually a really great way to have a good mindset when interacting with women. And we also talked about how women size up men and how to combat that. It's really awesome. So keep listening. podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Carney, of course, along with Marnie Kinris from wingirlmethod.com. And today we have Baron from charismamatrix.com, which is such a good name. Uh, it, I feel like I'm watching, I'd be watching like a full sci-fi movie about <laughs> charismatic or something. Yeah. Um, so thanks for coming and joining and hanging out with us. Well, thank you much. I'm excited to be here. And Marnie, I want to congratulate you on your meteoric YouTube channel growth. I mean, that thing's taken off. You're doing everything right. So it's great to see. Oh, sounded, thank you. I uh, like the word mediocre. I know. I was like, wait, what do you mean by <laughs> meteoric? I don't even, <laughs> but like a meteor, I get it now. But I was at first insulted and then felt really good. Well, I'm glad we got that cleared up. But yeah, that's really, <laughs> really growing fast. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And you're doing very well on YouTube as well. Two YouTube successes right here. That's right. And one non. And one non, yeah, exactly. Very soon you will be a YouTube success as well. Like the rest of the world, everybody's going to be on YouTube. Well, it's because I'm going to put my porno on there. That's well, a quick way for growth. That is going to be the mm-hmm. most boring porno I've ever I know. It's, my porno is basically just me watching Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of people's totally porn. Cloaked. So I yeah. think you'll actually have a, a large audience, which will be really funny. Um, but I wanted to talk to Baron about... We were talking a little bit before um, the show started, and initially, I had planned to talk about being charismatic because your charisma site, matrix, yeah, you're, you have the charisma matrix. But um, I know that there's a lot of things that we are going to talk about that are a part of being charismatic. But two things that you mentioned to me before we started recording was that you have this special little approaching tool that you want to tell mm-hmm. us about. Um, and then you also wanted to talk to us about how women size up men. And how to combat that on a first date, which I thought was really interesting. So I'll let you choose which one you want to cover first, but I think both are amazing for our audience and they will love hearing what you have to say. Okay. Okay, cool. Let's do the approach one first because it actually kind of hurts my heart when I see guys who are trying to get into dating and kind of get their dating life in order and learn about some of the actual strategy you can employ. And when they go out and they go up to women, if they don't get a great reaction from every woman, they messed up and they did something wrong. And it's back to the drawing table, right? They don't realize the natural variability in chemistry with women and men. And so the way I like to explain it is, if you can imagine when you walk into a bar or restaurant, imagine that the hostess up front hands everyone a playing card, okay? 
And then when you go up as a guy to talk to a woman, you're not trying to do some song and dance or get her to like you. Yeah, you want to do things that you know come across as attractive and not do things that come across as weird and creepy. But really, <laughs> the mentality that I like to have is just figure out what girls have your same card. Because if you don't have the same card, basically just meaning you don't have any natural chemistry with the person, it doesn't matter how perfect your game is. You don't even want that, right? You don't want to dupe some girl that you don't have chemistry with into liking you because eventually you're going to actually get to know one another. It's kind of the goal. And you want to find people you're naturally compatible with. So when you have that in mind, I find when guys are able to look at it that way, it's easier when they go up and maybe you don't have the most stellar reaction from the girl. It doesn't mean you messed up. It means you just need to keep going until you find it a girl. It means she has a queen of spades and you've got to move on. Exactly. And you've got a 10 of hearts. Now, one yeah, thing I'll why say. Do I always have a two. It's like worth nothing. <laughs> well, that's, that, there's some truth in that too. And you know some people, guys and girls, are more universally attractive. So as you have more attributes that are seen as universally positive, a good personality, um, you know, some of the things like you're taller, you learn how to speak with a good tone of voice, you're going to get more cards. You know, George Clooney goes into a, a bar, a restaurant, he's got seven cards in his hand, whereas some oh, he's you know, got guy, eight decks. He's fine. He, he's got full decks and he's got extra cards on the side. But if you're just getting started, maybe you only have one card and realize that and don't be bummed out. Just be like, okay, I'm going to have to go up to more women to find someone who's compatible with me as I get better at this and as I improve myself, I'm going to have more cards. But looking at it that way enables you to not be so ridiculously butthurt when every girl doesn't think you're the best thing that's ever come up to her that night. Okay, interesting. I like, I like the shift in mindset. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I'm the joker card also. I think <laughs> every I time you get one. I will say, like, even though you said two and joker, I used to play the game asshole all the time with my family. That oh, was like yeah. our favorite game. Those are the top cards, so don't make fun of them. Well, I'm an asshole, so that's very appropriate. You are definitely an asshole. But, yeah. the two, but the two was like the second best card that you could have. And if you chose not to play with jokers, that was the best card that you could have in the deck. So it's really just about what game you're playing and, your and how you're, you're, and your perspective. Exactly. So right. I think that that's like a, a great way for people to look at it. Okay. I'm not, you know, maybe I'm not collecting a lot of cards right now, but I've got this great <laughs> card and other, somebody else in the room is going to have that card too. Um, right. Can we, can we dive a little bit more? Cause actually I have a, a, a question from, you know what, we'll save it when we get to the question from the listener because it's about chemistry and I think you'll dive into it deeper there. But I think that's, nice. again, to the, the you know, playing the cards, I think that's a great way of looking at it. So I, tell us I, about... Can I ask oh, a sorry, question though about chemistry before I forget? I don't want this to, yeah. to go away. So Baron, what would, you, what would you say if someone was naturally, you know, effervescent or had charisma, but they were going through a period of time, this is not about me at all. Probably about me. <laughs> they're wonderful, amazing. He's their friend. But they're, and they have chemistry in terms of their presence. Like, you know, they can talk to people and, and be engaging. But when it comes to finding like a love match, everyone's flat. And like, she goes flat, the men feel flat. Again, not referring to myself. Is that, do you think, a psychological thing where maybe I'm going through some depression or? Or that person that I'm referring to. So not about you? So totally not about me. Do you think that that's like something that can be overcome when you're not really having chemistry with people you think you might or you should be having chemistry with? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to answer that two ways. So first of all, when I was younger, I was always a very social guy and I feel like I had charisma and a good presence, but I was terrible with women. 
And it was simply, it wasn't because I wasn't social. It was simply because I didn't understand. That's, that can be seen as a major negative. Yes, I, for most people it is. Um, but if you understand the things you're doing incorrectly and you learn like technically what you're doing, like the actual strategy, like so many guys, they don't need strategy. They just need to learn to be like more of a solid dude. But you can be good socially. And if you're doing something so wrong, it turns women off. You're not going to have that chemistry with any of them because they're just not attracted to that immediately. You're not able to show that good side of your personality because you're doing these things so terribly wrong. But for you or the person that you might be referring to who's not you, it, <laughs> is it something where you just like, you're just like guys in general, rarely like excite, like you rarely meet a guy and you get butterflies in your stomach? Yeah, I'm like, eh, got nothing. Like I was just dating a very, very, very attractive, handsome guy. And it was fun, but I was like, meh. You know, there was no like judge. Mm-hmm. That just means it's the, the wrong, it's the wrong time- person or am I just depressed? When's the last time you felt the judge? Um, about a year ago. I did go through kind of a traumatic breakup, so I think that's probably blocking some of my energy, I think. Okay, it could be. But what were the attributes that you would nail down that created that feeling? Like, are there some things that you were just like, God, he had that, and that's why I felt that way? Yeah, I think so. Like, sense of humor, um, safety, uh, connection, point of view. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all similar there. Uh, same, same soul, I think, is kind of what it came down to. That's a, that's a lot of things. But let me ask you, like, if you picture somebody else who has all those attributes, can you see yourself getting excited about that? Or are you just in a place in your life where you're just not really ready to, like, get that excited about a guy again? I think I might be in that place where I'm not ready to get that excited again. I think it, yeah. this is probably a natural course or something of going, going out of love. Right? I and think I'm, so, too, because even I'm as you trying. said... When you set that question up, you said a couple times, like, I'm not sure if I'm ready for it, like that kind of thing. I think you kind of answered your own question. I think that as you do, though, date higher quality people, like when you're just getting going as a guy and you're just happy to have any girl like text you back or call you back, it's very easy to find someone else. But as you do improve yourself and hold yourself to a higher quality yourself and date higher quality people, it just is harder to find people of that same quality. When you break up with people, that's just kind of a hard reality because there's less people that have that much going for them. Right. So it can be harder, but it sounds like in your situation, it just might be like that's still a little bit too fresh to even be ready if a guy like that came around. Yeah, so I think maybe guys should just know that. There's sometimes women just can't in the moment feel anything, you know, and, and it goes both ways. But anyway, I know that's right. really kind of off you know, topic, but... Yeah, go ahead, Marnie. It's not, it's not off topic because what you're saying is like, this guy could be doing everything wonderfully. Right. It's just that, whatever's happening with this girl, nothing seems to be resonating right, for her. Right. She's just not herself anymore. And there's a, there's a block up for her. So it, it's not again, it's fault. going back to taking it, not to not taking it personally. Right. Right. You, you could incorporate that directly with the playing card analogy and say, you go up, she's not responding to you. Like she just doesn't have, maybe she doesn't have any cards because it doesn't yeah, matter. She's ripped up the card. She's like, I'm done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's not the dude's fault. So yeah, that's, that's actually a good kind of segue within that, that analogy, I think. Okay, good. Yeah, I did that and on purpose it, then. Nice. Actually, and there's, there's another segue from that conversation because I was, I, I, you mentioned before, you know, you, the more that you work on yourself, the more that you have going on, you do, you become more quality. You collect more cards for yourself and it's harder to find people who also have 10 cards. But what if you are that person with 10 cards? Where do you go to find other people with 10 cards or 11 cards or 12 cards? How do you, you shift away from like the bar scene and the club scene to being a little bit more selective with who you can choose from. 
Yeah, you really need to look at what you're into because I do find that guys like guys who have a lot of stuff going for them, there's definitely some attributes that are universally attractive to them. But guys like different things. I mean, some guys want a girl who has a bunch of tattoos. Some guys hate girls with tattoos. You know, some guys want to go to a craft brewery and some guys want to go to the highest brow hotel to to drink cocktails. So you really got to figure out what you're attracted to and then just figure out where those girls are. Yeah. Like art galleries and things like that sounds sound kind of corny. A lot of my no, but friends, it's not. If that's if that's right. the world that you're into, where there's different charitable organizations or different board members or different like functions, I'm I'm picturing like Gossip Girl world when I'm yes. saying these things. Because whenever you say high quality, obviously I'm like, oh, really rich and very successful. So like it, it doesn't mean that at all. But I just pic- picture people who are of a higher quality being involved in in more prestigious things, whether it has money attached to it or not attached to it. Um, It's just about being involved in more things. And organizations like that exist everywhere. There's a million functions going on every single day that has people who hang out on a regular basis. Even, you know, Baron and myself are a part of a community called the Seduction Syndicate, um, where it's a group of online marketers, dating coaches, and other people who really want to share resources and help each other out in the world of dating, attraction, and relationships. And that is a wonderful pool for us to find other people who are into the same thing as us, care about Mm -hmm. people the same way that we do, but also have like a passion and a drive for a certain level of success. So it's about finding other places that speak that same language as you and that will provide you with a, a new pool of people to select from that are of that higher quality. I'm putting air quotes around that because quality is defined by each person individually. That's a great example. And, and how niche is that? Like it's so hard to find people who actually do exactly what we do. So we're lucky to have that. But I'd be curious in you guys' thoughts. One place, just like, you know, we're talking about art galleries and theater and stuff, but one place that I think is underrated, and a lot of my friends have actually met people that they've gone on to date. I find, especially in big cities, where do you guys live, by the way? Los Angeles, and then Kristen's in New York. Okay, so great, big cities. I find that at the Whole Foods, there is just a very oh, that's my high place. quality of people. <laughs> like People are healthy. They typically are willing to pay you know, another 50% for their groceries, so they, they're, they're clearly like a little bit successful financially. Like I find that Whole Foods, a lot of them have little bar areas. You can get a glass of wine. That's yeah. a great place to hang out See, if you're having the way a hard time. I look at out. Whole Foods people is they're pretentious and off-putting and not fun. Yeah, so that's not your high quality. Right. So that that's would, in, even though so I that's just a matter are. of perception. Right, yeah. No, but that's a different category for you where you're like, no, I want to go to... The Ralph's bar, and <laughs> but like oh, whatever. But no, I see. I find I find the same thing as well. But for me, in my mind, I have a very similar definition to quality. It's it doesn't have to be people who are wealthy, but people who focus on health and want to take care of themselves and uh, want to just be aware of the things that they're putting into their body. That is on some level, part of my categorization of a quality person. Um, But for Kristen, it's not. You're just like, oh, that's horrible. That's ridiculous. But my quality person is X, Y, and Z. So we've already shown that, you know, quality doesn't mean the same thing for everybody. It it has to be individual. And you yourself have to figure out what quality means to you. There is this client that I'm working with right now, and he's really torn because he's dating this girl who's wonderful and caring, and he thinks he loves her on some level. 
but there's something that is eating away at him that keeps saying this isn't the right person. She's not interesting enough. And he wrote me this morning saying, you know, a year ago, I would have been happier than like, you know, a a pig in shit that that this girl was interested in me. But I've worked on myself. I've bettered myself. And now I kind of find her boring. And I don't know if that is a good partner for me. And that speaks to what we've been talking about here, that as you collect more cards or more attributes, however you want to refer to it, um, and you do bump yourself up, that your wants and things that satisfy you may alter. Mm -hmm. Did you tell him that's a positive? How did you explain that to him? I forget what I said, but I, I, I basically said, I'm not going to be a part of the process in helping you decide what to do with this girl. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, and I said something very similar to what I just said right now, but I, I will tell you that, that if there's something eating away at you um, and, and you're staying with this person because you think you're going to hurt their feelings or that you might lose out on another opportunity, then that's not the right reason to stay with that individual. It sounds like you're mm-hmm. hungry for experience. Anyway, I gave like a, a, a much more in-depth response, but... Um, I find I I don't ever, yeah, I don't ever want to tell somebody, yeah, break up with her. She's not right for you because I, I only get what they write to me um, in emails as opposed to the full context. So sometimes it's a little bit challenging. Anyway, I want to get to the sizing up um, that women do because I think that that's really, really important. So tell me about women sizing up men and what men can do. Yeah. So you guys tell me if this is right because you guys are women and I'm speaking as if I know, but I feel like when women size up men on a first date, I kind of compare it to like you walking up there like a mummy. You're just covered in toilet paper. She can't see anything about how you're we- what you're wearing. She can see how tall you are. She can hear your vocal projection, but she can't really see anything about you. And the way that they get clarity on really who you are and how much value they assign to you is as you interact with more people. They want to see how you interact with people, but more importantly, how people treat you back. So if you go into the first bar and restaurant and the, the, the hostess is like, hey, w- wait over there for a minute. You're just like, oh, okay. Or you walk in, you're like, hey, it's just us. We're going to have a seat at the bar. They're like, oh, yeah, absolutely, right away here. That is all being incorporated in her vision of you. A little of the toilet paper comes off. Now you, she can see you a little bit. So my strategy for guys on a first date is to go multiple places to enable her to see that posit- hopefully that positive reaction from people multiple times as you go to different restaurants the, the bartenders are always really cool with this guy you walk in they seem like you know he's a guy who's got some stuff going that's a way that you can expose her to a lot of different interactions a lot of different positive interactions in a short amount of time which creates that comfort and rapport now one thing to point out if you get bad reactions this is just going to amplify that so you need to be sure that you're the kind of guy who knows how to get good reactions from different people but I feel like this just really speeds up the process where you can kind of gain that kind of trust and rapport in a much shorter time than if you just go to one bar, you sit in the corner there for five hours, you call her back the next day. She's like, yeah, we spent a lot of time, but I just don't feel like I know this guy. When we're able to bounce multiple times so she could see you interact in the environment in public and get a feel for how people, other people perceive you, I feel like that's a really powerful way to start out a first date. I agree. I'd like, well, actually, I want to hear what Kristen has to say. She, she's the one who's dating right now. So I want to hear her opinion on this. Yeah. Well, sizing up guys is kind of um, a bad, I think a bad habit that I get into where, uh, sorry, I wasn't, I was not totally listening to your question. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. About oh, that. I was saying, what, what, what do you think about that? So yes, for, okay. I agree that yes, we size up men and hopefully men size us up as well. Um, because 
you shouldn't be pouncing on an individual before you know who they are and be gaga over them. So you should sit back a little bit and just look at the person that's being presented in front of you. But absolutely, w- women women do do size up men, um, which I think is a positive thing. And what you said before, I think that, yes, you have to interact with her in a good way. You have to click, have chemistry. But it's an additional layer if you show that, okay, great, you're so nice to the hostess at the front at the front of the restaurant. You can make her laugh. You can make her blush. And then you just go straight up to the bar and you you take the lead and you don't let people walk all over you. Or if your reservation was at 9 and it's still 9.30 and you're not doing anything about it. Um, right, right. And you handle yourself well. I think all of those things based on who the woman is um, and what her expectations are, yes, of course, doing those things in a way that resonates with her um, are definitely going to 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 showcase your best wares um, and make you look good in her eyes. Well, that's a good way to put it, resonate with her. Because not every woman, I think, I think women in general do appreciate, at least to some little level, guys leading. And some women appreciate it a lot more. But maybe, yeah. maybe you're a little overbearing for her. Maybe you go up too quickly and you're too demanding at the bar and she's like, ah, this isn't like it. She's still able to see that quicker through multiple interactions versus one. And Kristen, I'm curious, can you think back like the last date that you went on where you guys went to like three or more different places in the first date versus a guy that you just went to one place, but you stayed like the same amount of time. So maybe the date was three hours total or four or five hours total. And it was just one versus multiple places. Can you think of those right now? I can think of one instance where we went to multiple places and I hated it. Mm -hmm. I really like to settle in somewhere, get comfortable with the environment. Because I think that's part of the difficulty is adjusting to where you are on the date. So once Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, this is where we are. I'm good with this angle that I'm sitting at. I like this chair. I like the vibe here. Now I can really settle in and be myself. But when we change from location to location it's overwhelming for someone like me. And I get kind of more concerned with what's the environment now that I have to adjust to rather than just getting to know the person. Got it. So a little, little more stress when you're bouncing around like that. Oh my God, so much. Now, if you, if, if, okay, let's back that out and just look at how much you felt like you knew about the guy, whether positive or negative, how much do you feel like you knew about the guy that you bounced around many places versus the one place? Um, it was only a first date, and I think I knew a lot about him on a surface level because he talked the entire time. Like he was not a good date. This is a really bad example of a date. So I, uh-huh. you know, I knew what he did for a living. I knew what his goals were. I knew where, you know, where he grew up. All this kind of stuff. And he was basically pulling me from bar to bar to try to find a specific kind of gin because I said I drank gin, mm-hmm. but I don't even care that much about gin. I just drink it because it doesn't give me a headache like vodka does. And so. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I was just kind of on this like ride with him without any real consent. He's kind of like, all right, now we're going to go here. Cause they didn't have it. Now we're going to go there. And I just was like, okay. And then, um, but I didn't know him on a level where I wanted to know more of him. Like I knew enough and I was kind of like, eh. Yeah. And you felt like he really wasn't listening to you. Like he wasn't even asking not if you want to go find the gin. He was like, we're going to do this and this yeah, and this. Yeah. Like I tried yeah. to kind of say like, I'm really not that into gin, but before I know it now we're at like bar four looking for this brand of gin. I'm like, oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I want to dig into this a bit more because I have a question uh, from a listener that I think will help tie all of this together. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about chemistry and what that means because I think we have um, some different perspectives here. So it'll be interesting to hear what everyone has to say. So we're going to be back in a minute. 
I really feel your struggle if you feel like you're losing your hair. Obviously, I can't feel it to the extent that you're feeling it, but I really do feel it. I think the back of my hair is thinning and it's freaking me out. The other day I was Googling, is this part in the back of my head hair loss? I was getting really freaked out. And I even went and bought a handheld mirror, a new one, so I could see nice and clearly if it looks like I'm balding back there. So if you're having these paranoid thoughts, give yourself the peace of mind and look into it. It could be that you are losing your hair. So go check out Hims. It's such a great wellness brand for men. And they make it so easy to get what you need to stop your hair loss and regrow hair. They also do skincare and sexual wellness. Hims is helping guys be the best versions of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA approved products. And you guys should order now because our listeners get started with this Hims Complete Hair Kit for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last and subject to doctor's approval. See website for full details and safety information, but this could cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy somewhere else. So go to forhims.com slash wants. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash wants. Forhims.com slash wants. Interest is something that we want from the opposite sex or whoever you're attracted to. We don't want interest from credit card companies. Even if it's sexual, we don't want interest from credit card companies. So if you don't want to pay extra interest on your credit cards, you should consolidate with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. It's an easy way to save hundreds to even thousands and lower your interest rate. Just think about all that money that's just going to some credit card company after you spent hours slaving for it at the office, on the road, wherever it is, you deserve your money and to not waste it on credit card companies. Lightstream offers credit card consolidation loans from 5.95% APR with AutoPay, and there are absolutely no fees. What's not to love? I love it. Do you love it? You should go find out because our listeners, if they apply right now, get a special interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash askwomen. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash askwomen. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash askwomen for more information. All right. We are back. (laughs) (laughs) I just got it. But but, but that's just how it happens. But yeah, do you want to ask a question? Well, I was just kind of curious, before you get into the chemistry question, I just, I was thinking about this since she talked about Whole Foods being a bit pretentious. (laughs) And I feel like a lot of people do feel that way. But I feel like, it kind of creates that air intentionally. Like people feel like they have to be pretentious. My experience is, and it's kind of the same way in LA. Like everyone's like, oh, you go out in LA and everyone's just so rude. That's just kind of the vibe. I find when you approach people and actually talk to them, whether you're in Whole Foods or whether you're in LA or West Hollywood or One Oak, whatever, like people are actually pretty genuine if you approach them genuinely. So even though I think environments can sometimes feel, oh, everyone's so stuck up. Look at them walking around. Look at their shoulders back. I think that's true. Spending $10 on a juice, asshole. Yeah, who do they think they are? You can make that at home for $1.50. I love how you're getting into defending Whole Foods. (laughs) I I just think it's a great place to to meet high-quality people. And I think that if you do feel that pretentiousness, that can hold a lot of people back. Whereas if they would just hang around the wine bar area and say hello, they'd find people actually are Are cool and good. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And I always have a cynical point of view. So I tend to lean that way. But I know all in all, you know, people are people. You know, they're not just going to be the exact same person every time, everywhere you go or every Whole Foods. So I get that. 
And if you saw that Whole Foods dude in a Ralph's later that night, he's not going to have that air of pretentiousness because he doesn't feel he needs to because he's not in Whole Foods. So I just think if you could kind of be aware of that to kind of crack through it, it's a way totally. to kind of get around yeah. it. But. I can definitely. A lot of passion no, behind Whole no, Foods. No, I, I get it. <laughs> I know there is. I get it. <laughs> no, it, it's funny. I talk about Whole Foods all the time too because that's my go-to place. It was you know where I lived across from for a very long period of time. So I would try uh, out a bunch of techniques and things, but they were also people that I resonated with. Yeah. Um, not everybody that was in Whole Foods, but not everybody anywhere do I right. resonate with. But yeah. that that brings me to the question of chemistry. So I have um, a question from a listener. It's a little bit garbled because he's just sort of running through a few thoughts that he had. But the overall question of his was, what does it mean when, when a woman says there is no chemistry or connection? So he, he had written to me, Marnie, the next time a woman tells you there was no chemistry or connection, can you ask them if the guy ever casually touched them semi-frequently? Follow-up questions like, did the guy smile too much? Was his vocal tonality great? Was he easy on the eyes? Why did you feel more comfortable with that guy? Why did you feel less comfortable? I'd love to hear what women have to say about those questions. Um, so it's really just, he was doing, you know, a, a run of thought, but his overall question was, what does it mean to have chemistry or connection with somebody? And I know that's a hard thing to explain, but basically if you've had this before, then you understand it, but it's, it's a hard, hard thing to explain in words. And then how can you help yourself have more chemistry or more connections with more people? And it, like, is that possible? Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to take a little bit of a different spin than the answers you probably hear with this, because I think there's a lot of things that we don't understand that impact chemistry. So like there's a book called The Red Queen and it talks about, I think it's The Red Queen. And it talks about how part of compatibility and chemistry is actually based on complementary immune systems. So what it's saying is if you were to reproduce with somebody with a very similar immune system, it's basically going to be outdated. It's just more of the same. Whereas if you reproduce with someone who has almost the opposite immune system, it takes the best of both sides and creates this new and upgraded immune system. And I mean, a kind of an example of that is like, you know, with uh, close family members, clearly you're not going to reproduce with them. It's almost the exact same immune system. That's just one example how that works. So that's a little thing that has to do with chemistry that most people would never even think about. You have no control about I'm that. So, it doesn't matter. You're cool. I'm so, yeah, so glad that you brought that up because I actually talked to Marnie on the phone recently somewhat about this. And I mentioned I wanted to do an episode on it when you're too similar to who you're dating. So the last mm. guy that I was dating, it was like we had too much of like a cynical view on the world and too many, you know, we just were we had too much in common. And, mm -hmm. and so we basically stopped talking because it was like too much of the same. We weren't going to add anything yeah. to each other's lives. Interesting. Yeah. And no, nobody thinks about that, right? They think, oh, you want to be like him. You want to mirror him. You want to do this and this, but that's, that's a really good example. So I, I think that there's things like we just figured out this immune thing, like what, 20 years ago, I think the study came out. I think there's so many things I feel like if, if that's something we're just realizing, there's got to be a million, like 50, 500 years from now, we're going to know so many things about actual like compatibility that we don't know now. So I try not to overthink it too much. If it just doesn't feel right, like, Marnie, can you think about the last time you like went up to a guy or a guy came up to you and it just felt like no struggle at all? It's just the easiest thing in the world. Yes, of course. Okay. 
And, and I don't think it's because something you necessarily did or something that he did. It's just there is natural compatibility. So I think a lot of guys think that, like, once again, they're doing something wrong if they don't feel that chemistry with somebody else. But I think a lot of it is just simply the natural compatibility will create chemistry. And it may be based on a lot of things that we don't even understand. What do you think about that? I, I completely agree. So the, the the closest thing that I have right now, and it, there is a little bit of attraction at the base of it. Um, and it's not 100% similar, but again, it has attraction at the base of it, is me moving my son to a new preschool and having to interact with new moms that are in the preschool class. There, When we went for our first welcome preschool party, um, there was this one mom who I kept thinking, I'm going to be friends with her. I know I am. I there was something I felt I liked her vibe. Mm. It really resonated with me. Yep. But I will say, like, yes, and we actually became friends. We didn't at first, but then we actually became friends. And I knew we were going to click really well. Yep. But then there have been about four, maybe three or four other women who I would have never thought that I clicked with and felt mm. a chemistry with. But I do now. And I think I've talked about this before on the show. Mm -hmm. So my my point is, is that it's not, it's, yes, there is that natural chemistry. There is that natural connection. And sometimes it just happens because it happens. Because you have all the things on the same level that you're looking for or the same values or the same vibe or the same sense of whatever it is that has you have that initial connection to somebody. But mm -hmm. there are other things that men can do on dates, men can do in dating, women can do as well on the other side, that can have more of a slow build to that same connection. But there can be that chemistry that is felt between two people. And that's that's why you teach what you teach and I teach what I teach. And we, I think you and I together and Kristen as well with what she's doing and us on this show, we help clear away the muck so that people can really put all their cards forward. I'm going back to to your little metaphor, <laughs> but but I but I think that that's that's the whole point. Is like if you're low confidence, you um, don't have great voice tonality, um, you have bad hygiene, you don't dress well, you don't present yourself well, you speak poorly about yourself. You can't have chemistry with anybody because you have all these blocks up. Because nobody really knows who you are, so you, they can't sense if they really do have a good chemistry with you. So the more that you learn and the more that you take away some of these blocks and the more that you work on yourself and better your, you, yourself, I do actually like this card analogy of yours, um, the, the more opportunities that you can have and the more chemistry that can be felt. Because if you're not editing everything that you say because you don't think it's good enough or interesting, then you start saying something that you really like and the woman's like, oh, that resonates with me. Now I feel chemistry with you. Oh, and now you're flirting with me. Whereas before, guys were too afraid to flirt because they thought it was creepy. But now this guy's flirting with me. So then I can feel him and now I'm more excited about him. So I, I, I think um, the questions that – I forget who wrote this question in, but whoever wrote it in, I, I, all of the things are – a yes answer to what he was saying. Like, did voice matter? Yes, absolutely. Um, did he touch you more? Yes, he touched me naturally. So then I could feel some sort of electric spark with him. So those things are all important. Doesn't mean it's necessarily going to um, make a match at the end, but being able to do all of those things gives a better opportunity for that chemistry to be there. I absolutely agree. I, I just want to talk about one date I went on somewhat recently or a couple dates I went on um, with a guy who I think he's got tons of stuff going for him. And this is kind of why I said, you know, am I just not able to feel chemistry at this moment because of the situation I'm in? But um, he did not crank up the flirtation or sexual vibe at all. 
And I think I'm the type of girl that depends on the guy to do that. And so I ended up just feeling very flat because it was like a very just safe conversation, very safe um, interactions. There was no like touchy feely stuff, which I would have been open to, but then it kind of it, it lost the window almost because it just became too one note of, uh, you know, sterile. sterile totally. There, there was no yeah, higher low. Word. Yeah. Yep. And, and the, the sad truth is that a lot of times, almost majority of times when women say there's no chemistry, it's simply because the dude wasn't high value enough. She didn't like the guy. He didn't have the attributes. It wasn't a true mismatch of chemistry. She just didn't even like him enough to figure that out. And don't you feel, I feel like so many guys on dates, they just try to out nice the girl. They think if they never give her any reason to be mad at him, right? He's got no edge. Everything she says is right. so funny. That's it, yes. the, that tequila, that's my favorite tequila too. I love that. And the dude, yeah, I think it's the lack of edge. Right. Because flirting, not having an edge, is just- flirting is edge. That's what feels flirty. Right. The, 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 the coming back, the not always agreeing, the being a bit challenging. But so many guys don't, they feel like they're taking a chance by doing that because there is a chance. When you challenge somebody, there's a chance that she doesn't like you. I'll be like, get out of here. You know, I don't even want to talk to you. But in reality, that's the only way that you're actually going to flirt. So guys think if they never give the girl a chance to be mad at him, well, then how can she not like him, right? He's a good guy. When in reality, it's boring. you have to show the confidence to be able to take that risk to show that you're a man of status. And, you know, if she does walk away, you know, you, you can find another girl. It's not going to break your heart for a year. So I think most guys don't understand that, too. Yeah. I mean, even little things like um, with this one guy, I was running late and I would have loved if he kind of bust my balls on me being late and said, he was like, Oh, okay, it's fine. I'll see you when you get here. And it's just like, that's boring. Yep. Exactly. You know, oh, but it's not horrible though. Listen, it's human nature, but it, I know, but I wonder if this was true in like the 1400s. I guess you just <laughs> paired up with somebody, but like, well, I guess they were knights at that point and they, I mean, you could die Honorable. any second. So I guess that risk was always there. So they didn't need any more risk. So maybe yeah. niceness was appreciated, but I wonder, I wonder when all of this, you know, started to develop. I wonder if it went hand in hand with movies. I just, I find yeah, it all interesting that, that this is suddenly now like, oh, I need you to, you know, have an edge and basically make me think that you hate me at some point. <laughs> No, but for me to- yeah, but I don't want guys to misinterpret it like that. It's being playful. And when you're playful, you bring out something within another person that maybe feels more like, you know, in their childhood when they were really happy and they were stress-free and they could be, you know, who they really wanted to be. It's like that playfulness lifts up a burden, I think, off of people and opens them up to feel chemistry. Because I think with this guy, I could have felt chemistry because I thought I, he had a lot going for him. I think he's attractive all this kind of stuff, but he didn't, not that he wasn't mean to me, but he just didn't make things feel playful. Like we were kids again. It just felt very adult and very monotonous and very dry. Uh, Yeah. And and a lot of times people like girls will just tell guys, just be normal, right? Just act normal. Well, what that means to me is like, if a guy puts a girl on some ridiculous pedestal, like you're late, Oh, it's fine. Don't even worry about it. A girl in my experience wants to be treated like she's used to being treated. Like how would her brother or her dad treat her? Well, if she's late, they're going to be like, come on, you're late again, get it together. It doesn't feel normal when guys treat her like some deity that can do no wrong. It feels normal when people treat her like a normal person, like her family or brother would. So I think right. a lot of times if guys can put themselves in that perspective, like, okay, how would her brother treat her if she was doing this? That can be kind of a good frame to come at it from. 
Well, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. definitely like that. But what about, about about women who maybe they were the princess in the household or the only child and like their father treated them like gold? Will they respond to that the same way? You know, I actually find that the way you're treated as a kid and what you see around the household as a kid is really hard to shake. And it's a sad thing. So like if somebody grew up in a family where when the parents got into a spat, the father would, would yell, right? He'd raise his voice and yell, okay? N- nothing big, but he'd raise his voice and yell. That lady, as she gets older, can understand, like, logically, that yelling when people are fighting and there's dissenting opinions isn't the right thing. But when she hears somebody yell a little bit when they get worked up, it feels normal. I find, I'm no psychiatrist, but in my experience, I find no, I it's totally very hard to shake something feeling normal that you grew up with. So I think in that, in that, to answer that, I think you probably would in that instance want to treat her a little bit more the way that she's used to. Yeah, I don't see. This one, I'll bite you in the ass. Don't ever listen to any of our advice because it doesn't... No, just joking. Um, but it, it is interesting, like these nuances. But these can be things to talk about on a date as well, like that you're curious about or fascinated about. Like, who did people yell in your household when you were young? Like, that could be a good conversation because then you find you out late. <laughs> right. no but all, all like maybe not that extreme but like those could be interesting things to bring up when you were younger and then just point them out that you've been researching this or learning about this and just it's so funny to see how you know the way that people were when they were children they still are you know 40 years later let me just say something though about the being playful thing it doesn't necessarily be mean or bust her balls or tease her you could simply say something like Okay, but next time you're late, the the dinner's on you. You know, yeah, just or whatever. Call her exactly. Yeah. It doesn't have to be mean, right? There's a way to right. still be playful yeah. without being like, okay, humdrum. See you when you get here. It's like, oh, boring. Yeah, and you don't want like no matter what you do, like calling people. A lot of people do like get the have the misconception that that means like uh, some football coach. Like, why'd you miss that block, Smith? It's like not like yeah, that. No, right. Lighthearted and fun for sure. That's a good distinction. Right. It's like, you know how they teach football players ballet or they used to or something? It's like, be the ballet football player. Uh, like you're strong, but you're kind of, you know, you can be gentle, right. but you're still playing football. I don't know. If that works. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I just want to say one thing really quickly because um, the program that I've been talking about for so long that Kristen wrote, the banter program, uh, is going to be released very shortly. It is up on my, it's up right now. The page where you can purchase it is up and live. We're still testing it and, and doing everything. But for those who are listening to this podcast and got this far into the podcast, if you want a sneak peek at this product before I do release it to other people, you can go check it out. It is at winggirlmethod.com slash banter K and you can purchase the product now. But yeah, don't tell anybody about it. And I am going to be releasing it to the public in a in a in a few weeks, but you can get a, a sneak peek and a little preview of the program. Winggirlmethod.com slash banter K. I'm gonna go check it out um, right now myself. Yes, you should. Can you, um, Marty, can you tell me just a little bit about that? It's an interesting subject. Like, what is it? What does it cover? What's the subject besides banter? Well, Kristen is an expert on bantering and being playful. Uh, she's she is a comedian. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing this podcast for about five or six years now. 
And over the past year, Kristen has become really good at helping people learn how to banter um, in person, but also over online dating apps. Like, because that's what she really responds to, to build up that chemistry and connection and fun and playfulness. And a lot of people don't naturally know how to do this. So I asked her, do you think if you had to break down bantering and how to do it and teach somebody that doesn't naturally have that wit how to do it. Could you do it? And she said, yeah, I think I could. And she, I've shown this now to about six different male dating experts and they're like, this is solid information. Like she, yeah, she like literally breaks it down. She teaches people how to make associations, how to make them funny. She gives examples. So she, it's really, really good. So yeah, people should check it out. Winggirlmethod.com slash banter K. It's it's a great program. I have it up for $25 now. I might change the price in a little bit, but um for those listening now, it'll be $25. So go check it out. That's phenomenal because what do what do most guys say? What's their biggest problem? I run out of things to say. And then like if you're talking to some girl and the guy's like, What'd you say? What'd you say? Like, I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm bantering. And the guys can't get that through their head. They don't realize what just riffing and free association looks like. So being able to do that down, that's great. That's an exciting program. Oh, see, that was a better way of saying it. Kristen, say that in your video that you put together. But yeah, no, it, it really is fantastic. It's it's something that I, I can do with people naturally, but I, I wasn't really sure how to break it down. And she broke it down really, really well. I have I've one more it, question. I got it oh, broken sorry. down to a science. I'm basically now the professor of banter. Yeah. So that's, that's I, really, it's weird. I never thought I would get to this point. But then if anyone enjoys the banter guide, they can work directly with me at kristencarney.com slash dating help. Um, that address is going to be changing soon, but for the time being, if you read the guide and you're like, this is really helpful, but I also want to practice, I'm here to practice, so. Yes, she's perfect at practicing with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, one more question, and then uh, we're going to end our show. All right. um, hey, guys, love the podcast and following as close as I can. Insightful, funny, and helpful. Ta- uh, taking small notes on and off at work, the gym, and my commute. I'm 27 years old and have never had a solid girlfriend or hooked up. Most of my friends and virtually everyone I know has had a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Stories and lessons of heartbreak and intimacy to grow from. Fulfilling romantic and sexual escapades, except me. My social skills as a kid weren't up to speed with most of my friends and I had to deal with anxiety and some ADHD. I feel almost certain that I'll have missed out on extensive dating, sex, and relationships that so many people are lucky and hardworking to receive in my generation before the age of 30. And it makes me frustrated and upset, almost to the point of envious irritability. Fortunately, I've sworn off any PUA or incel forums or online communities. Side note for me to tell you, um, I think that's awesome that he has sworn that off. Um, I've realized that focusing on external validation and comparing yourself to others isn't helpful and decided to take responsibility for my journey towards becoming a more attractive man. I go to the gym and bike regularly when possible, work outdoors, read and listen to a lot of dating materials and have an active social life. I've seen counselors and talk with friends from time to time, but get awkwardly anxious and somewhat shy about digging deep down to these pits of lonely emptiness. My life isn't horrible. When I add it all up, bachelor's overseas backpacking and ESL teaching, but living back with my parents for a second time and feeling like I should be up that mountain and not on the first few kilometers is really hard. I feel as if a significant and meaningful milestone hasn't arrived and won't for some time that will or won't confirm my social value. Unsurprisingly, it fools me into feeling inadequate and less of a man. How can I let go of my past inexperience, frustration and depression and redefine myself and make up for lost time or accept what is? M. Well, I would have some good news for this guy in kind of a strange way. If you're 27 and you've never had a real girlfriend, 
you just need to make some very basic changes because to get a girlfriend live longer, like you've had very little stress, which is <laughs> yeah, so you're going to be 125 running marathons <laughs> right. because you're stressed. So I would just say you got to figure out what that is. Cause my guess, and, and I don't know if you guys would agree, there's something major going on. Cause if you don't have a girlfriend, you're 27, there's something seriously that's holding every girl up that you may have potential with. So if he's read a lot of dating stuff before, he probably knows the main theory. I'm guessing he just has a huge uh, blind spot that he doesn't see that's messing it up every time. So if I, what I would do in your situation is I would get one-on-one coaching from somebody. Like, Marnie, you do one-on-one coaching or either one of you. Somebody who specializes in this, have a phone call with them. I'm guessing in 30 minutes, they're going to be able to pick up on something that's just really weird. Because otherwise, I can't think of any other reason because he's, he's well-spoken. You can clearly he has intelligence. He's been working on this stuff. There, I think there's just something big that's blocking him that once he discovers, will really get him over the hump and get him going. I think so, too. It just sounds like there's some inner anxiety there. He said he's eight, had ADHD. He has anxiety issues. And I think that he hasn't learned how to soothe his anxiety um, and pay attention to the other feelings that are going on for himself. He's spending way too much time with this anxiety. And I, I kind of agree. I don't think that I would actually be the best person <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to, to work with him. Um, I think that they're like, I actually really like, um, we had this one guy who was on our show who uh, does NLP and not mm-hmm. that I'm into quick fixes and obviously you want to work on yourself, but it seems like he's done a lot of work already. And, and sometimes you just have to find the source of what's going on. And um, my friend, Mark, who was on our show, who does NLP, He's really good at digging down and figuring out exactly what this limiting belief is and mm. the, the source of anxiety and then helping people reverse it. So that that's the one thing that um, I would suggest seeking out. The other thing was the question that you had of, you know, how do you deal with this inexperience? I mean, the truth is, is that maybe, yes, some people have had experiences, but maybe they haven't been so great or so wonderful or they've been tumultuous. I had horrible experiences when I was 26 and under in relationships. I wasn't secure. I wasn't confident. And and all of those experiences actually led me to be more blocked when, when I got into uh. the relationship with my husband now. So to be honest, you don't have all of that stuff right now. You're starting fresh and you're starting armed with other things like You've discovered who you are. You've figured out a career path for yourself. You um, have some wonderful things going on without all of these negative, let's call them baggage issues. So it's really about reframing how you view things. And also, I don't think 27 is that old. So I kind of disagree. No, me either. With Baron, because... By, you know, I was 25 when I got into my first relationship, and that was really my first actual relationship. And I think that I went into it, you know, knowing myself better. And I was glad that I didn't start dating someone seriously when I was 22 or 24, because I wouldn't have, I mean, 25 isn't that much different, but he's young to never have like a full-time girlfriend, I think is totally normal by 27. If he's 45, like, all right, you know, now we're, Mm -hmm. now we're getting into dangerous territory, but, um, I I don't think he should feel self-conscious of his age. I I agree. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Sorry, Baron. Um, Yeah, sorry. You're not that that big of a sad (laughs) case for us. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up this show, but Baron, so thank you so much for being being on this this show. I think 
Yeah, you're wonderful to chat with. I think we we could have, you know, talked for another six hours. I think there's just really interesting information that you have to share. But if anybody does want to go check out you, your YouTube channel, your programs, the Charisma Matrix, how do they find you? Yeah, just charismamatrix.com is a good way to do it. Or if you're more into quizzes, that new program I was telling you about, the quick and witty comeback bootcamp that helps you come up with a quick comeback when people are talking down to you. Oh, you can yes. go to trashtalkquiz.com and I'll actually that's make awesome. fun of you through the screen and we'll see how you you hold up. Oh, that's great. See, that I love. Yeah, awesome. That teaches you to like hold your, o- your own and emotions. So it's like a good training ground. It's kind of like martial arts, but for the mind. Yeah. And your advice for your son, when we were talking about that earlier, like that's that's a big part of it too. You know, if you show you that you're emotionally rattled, you've already lost the battle. So there's a lot to be lot to be thought of with that. Yeah. Well, so I'll just give my little advice for my son. So yeah. my my two-year-old has been teasing my five-year-old and my five-year-old just loses his shit and can't <laughs> handle it. And so I'll keep saying, Noah, compose yourself. <laughs> like you you can't break down because he's gonna he's gonna keep beating you. So you have to look at him, smile, and say, Yeah, I am a baby. So what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like you just have to and just be like, or like, wah, wah, like whatever. But it's this, it's the same thing when you're an adult too. Nobody can bug you and tease you if you can't be bugged or teased. Yep, and it's point. not fun for that bully. You know, no, if no. you're just like, okay, yeah, well, is that all you've got? But if you're like, no, don't do that. Or you're a dick or getting mad. It it, it shows that person that they're getting some sort of emotional response from you. Um, and that and is that's exactly gonna... why I'm not unfollowing a guy on Instagram for kind of dumping me. <laughs> I, Wait, what? No reaction. No reaction. Well, because that's my, yeah. If I react, then I'm like, oh, unfollow me. You Right. You, know, you don't talk to me anymore. But by me following yeah. him, it's like, you didn't affect me. I'm, I can keep following you. Even That's though I'm deeply affected and very upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, <laughs> you mean, That's actually really good education. Like, even though he's kind of getting beat up now and he's still a little bit worried about it. That I, I, if I ever have kids, I would wish that my kid would go through that at a young age. Because can you imagine if the first time he had someone poking fun of him was in junior high when like reputation oh my God, being established? Yeah, go crazy. Like, yeah, it's a good thing for them to go through at a young age. Okay, that makes me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, people, go check that out. Say that link again one more time uh, for people to go to. TrashTalkQuiz.com. Awesome. Well, I, I'm going to go check it out, and everybody should go check it out. Anyway, right, you. Karen, you're wonderful. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you to those who wrote in questions uh, that we could answer live on air. If you want to send in questions for us to read and overanalyze, please send them to ask at askwomenpodcast.com. Com. New episodes of our podcast go up every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. And I'm now starting to release episodes on YouTube. They're not the episode that corresponds to the Thursday because I'm trying to catch up and, and put some really good ones on YouTube. But episodes are now available on YouTube. I post them on Fridays. If you want to go listen slash watch on YouTube, that's a great place uh, to go do that. But you guys are awesome. We will see you next week. Thank you.